Hey everyone, welcome back to the Keep Watching Podcast, where we decide what to watch so you don't have to. I'm James. And I'm Sarah. And today, we're going to be talking about Dickinson. So Sarah. Yeah. Just a little behind the scenes for the listeners. <laughs> we are recording this episode only two days after we recorded the Andor episode. Yes. I have to go away for work, and I ruined the schedule. Sarah will be traveling next yeah. week, so we won't be able to record next week. So we'll come out. This will be out on, like, normal time, I think. But, yeah, so we don't have as many check-ins in what we've been watching because <laughs> it's only been two days. Do you have anything, Sarah? I'm not even up to date on the latest episode of Andor. Like, okay. Ooh, I did watch the latest episode of She-Hulk, which I think is the second-to-last episode, and... It's oh. continuing to be good, so I'm excited. Okay. I'm not caught That's up on She-Hulk. <laughs> I am actually, though, caught up on Andor. Ooh, After not all what my... I expected. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I had to keep going on Andor just to see if anything was going to happen in that show, and I watched episode four, and yeah, now we have a show now. I'm in on, I'm in on Andor. <laughs> okay. And then I've watched nice. five. I've also Ooh. watched episode five. It's still slow, but it's actually building towards something now. Whereas, like, the first three episodes were just slow, and that was it. No, not a slow build, just slow. <laughs> just slow. <laughs> but now it's building towards something interesting. I'm glad you're on board now. It's basically like a heist. <laughs> a heist <laughs> is happening, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know if a heist is going to be the entire show or just like this three episodes of the show, or I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I'm in on Andor now. So if you listen to the Andor podcast. <laughs> And heard all my complaints. Um, I, I still think the first three episodes weren't very good, but I think the show's <laughs> going somewhere now. And I think it's telling that, you know, they made this show and then they gave it to Disney and Disney was like, yeah, we're releasing the first three episodes all at once. It's like, <laughs> nobody will make it through if we do this like one week at a time. I think it's because it's a perfect beginning arc, you know? It like really sets up where the show's going, but... It does, but should that take an hour and 45 minutes... <laughs> To set up a show, I don't know. Eh, I guess a lot of shows are. Like I that. still loved it, but yeah, I mean, you were in from five seconds in, so <laughs> you would have been true. in either way. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have. We can get to Dickinson pretty quick here, right, right, Sarah? Yeah, I, okay. I would say yes. Let's do it. Okay, Dickinson is on Apple TV Plus. Unfortunately, your nemesis. My nemesis, Apple TV Plus. It is about Emily Dickinson, but it's not really. It's not like a biography, sir. It's like, I th I feel like the first season was like trying to be grounded in potentially somewhat accurate Reality? stories. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, at the start of the second season, they have something like, they say something like, um, at this point in her life, we don't, there isn't many like records anymore. So like, they basically like let you know, like, okay, this is really not going to be <laughs> yeah, like we, a true story a anymore. Up, I yeah. would just watch it as if like, you know, none of this is necessarily true. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, fictional, but it's still in the same time, the accurate time period. Mm -hmm. But this show ran on Apple TV plus from 2019 to 2021. So I believe oh, it's, so over. it's over now. I believe okay. it's over. Three seasons, 10 episodes a season, so 30 episodes. Okay. And here's the wiki cell of this mm -hmm. the show. Dickinson takes place during Emily Dickinson's era with a modern sensibility and tone. It takes viewers into the world of Emily 
audaciously exploring the constraints of society, gender, and family from the perspective of a budding writer who doesn't fit into her own time through the imaginative point of view. Dickinson is Emily's coming-of-age story, one woman's fight to get her voice heard. That sounds like something you'd want to watch there. There are elements of it that speak to me, but also there is this ever-creeping, like, oh, the historically accurate sexism is going to make me angry and make it hard for me to watch this, which is true of many shows. You've told me about this opinion of uh, period pieces. Like, like it, it even doesn't have to be that old-timey. Like, I could not finish Mad Men because I was just so angry all the time. Okay. I've never watched that, so nor, I don't well, even know what that's about. So It's set in the 60s. It's about uh, ad, okay. guys who make ads, and there's so many women in it that get treated so poorly. It's just awful. Okay. But it's a good show, but I could not get through it. Got you. And you've told me about this opinion before, and mm-hmm. um, I would say that exists in this show, right? But uh, yes. there's a bunch of stuff that I think you are going <laughs> to like that are in this show. So I just wanted to see. I wanted mm-hmm. to see what wins at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. Okay. We will see. Yeah. Here's the Google, the Google breakdown of the show. Is, uh, the show is a, not a biography of Dixon's life. It is a fictional exploration of some of her known facts. Mm-hmm. Some of the known facts about Dickinson and the traits and concepts found in her poetry. It also includes references to historical events that happened within Dickinson's lifetime and cultural norms of the 1800s. That's how they would describe the level of fiction. Basically very (laughs) fictional. I would say either of those two descriptions, even even though they do mention a modern sensibility, still would not have prepared me for what this show really is. Oh, okay. Yeah. We can get into that as we go. Um, But the, the, the poems that are written by Emily and read on screen in the show are the actual poems of Emily mm. Dickinson. Okay. They didn't alter any of them. Nice. That's all it for the rundown. <laughs> you ready to dig into Do you want to do the actors as we go? Do you want to talk about the main actor uh, right Well, now? you're going to have to because as we talked about uh, golf air the other day, okay. I can never remember who this woman is. You enjoy her. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what she looks like. Okay. Emily is played by Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now she's probably like my bias in the acting world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> reference your K-pop terminology. Terminology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Because I feel like I've never seen her in a movie I didn't like, but that's not okay. to say I've seen everything that she's in. <laughs> but you've somehow have never seen her in anything except for the Pitch Perfect movies, but She's less memorable in those because there's a bunch of girls in those movies. She's not like the main character. Seen other things she's in, but that's where she was voice acting. So oh, you've seen the voice acting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just run down. She's um. So the first thing I ever saw her in, but I didn't, I didn't even remember she was in this. Was True Grit. She was the girl in True Grit. I did see that though, actually. Yeah, Yeah, but she was a lot younger then. Yeah, and then she's been in Pitch Perfect two and three, Mm -hmm. and then in the Transformer Bumblebee movie. She's the main character. Yeah, I did not see that. Um, if you were ever going to like a Transformer movie, Sarah, Bumblebee would be the one I would recommend to you. <laughs> I am highly skeptical of this, okay. but okay. It's a little different. I mean, it still has like some you know giant robot fights, but mm. uh, it's a little different than other Transformer movies. Okay. okay. And then, uh, and then Hawkeye, which we're saving for Christmas time. For Christmas time, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then she was the voice of Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, 
the best Spider-Man movie. <laughs> and she was the voice of Vi in Arcane on Netflix. Ooh, so such a good show. We have to talk about that at some point. That show is way better than it has any right to be. But yeah, well, I enjoy her voiceover out. work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all the things I've seen, I've liked. Okay. I don't really remember True Grit that much, but I think I liked it. Or at least I liked her in it. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I don't really remember. But yeah, that's the only reason I even watched this show, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not a show that I would normally have watched. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, oh, I have an Apple TV Plus subscription for another month or like three weeks. And there's a show starring Haley Steinfeld that I've never watched. So <laughs> here we go. And then it was really a show that I think Sarah should have watched, not me. <laughs> But we'll see if that's true. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. We're going to be talking about the first two episodes today. Yes. Episode one is called Because I Could Not Stop. But I believe the poem, I, I think every episode is... Named after a poem? At least a reference to the poem. Mm. I think the actual name of this poem is Because I Could Not Stop for Death. Mm, yeah. Which the extended part of it will be read in the show. Mm -hmm. But... How do, we, how do we start off this show? There is or the a, series, really. Yeah. There is a brief uh, description of, I mean, an overview of Emily Dix Dickinson, that she was born in 1830 in Amherst, Massachusetts, lived her whole life in her father's house, mostly unpublished unpub until after her death, and she had almost 2,000 poems, which were found hidden in a maid's trunk after her death. And that's our, our intro into Emily Dickinson. Yeah. And the show will highlight a few times where her poems were actually published. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how accurate, like, okay, where the, these were the actual, like, papers or whatever that they were published in. I don't know how accurate that was in terms of the show, right. but uh, maybe it is. I'm not sure. Yeah. That intro was very helpful for me. Cause <laughs> I, uh, I've definitely heard of Emily Dickinson, but could not have told you exactly who she was. But and yeah, got me right on track. They don't tell you exactly how old she is when this show takes place but like mm. i don't know late teens i feel maybe early teens given the old timiness of nonsense and trying to marry her off but um, i wanted to say 18 it would be my guess it is like what? on the eve of the civil war basically which was like 1850s yes, time that's so a very big topic in the show approximately then-ish <laughs> yeah okay how we start in sarah how we how does this show so yeah after we we get this description um we see uh who we assume is emily um because again i have never it's, seen this actress yeah, it's before. Haley steinfeld so it is emily yeah. <laughs> yeah she wakes up in the middle of the night and she just like has to write like she digs a little scrap of paper out of her desk and just starts writing and you get like this lovely little script on the screen just highlighting what she's writing and that's like a theme that comes through a lot um whenever she's writing or finishing a poem or whatever yeah I was wondering if that's, like, her actual handwriting. Solid maybe. I feel like it should be. I feel like <laughs> this show would have put in the work to make it look like her handwriting. But, yeah, this she basically is, like, sitting at her desk. Uh, this is, like, the spot that she basically writes all her poems. Mm -hmm. And, I like, this desk might be, like, actually famous. I Like, you can go to this house as, like, a historical landmark and maybe see this desk. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Her house is definitely, like, a museum to her now. Yeah. And I don't... Did they use... I'm not sure if they used that house to film this show. Oh, probably not, because, like, whenever I've gone okay. to visit, like, an old historical house, they're like, 
they broke you off where they're like you cannot walk on the floors over here because we're preserving the the old timing well, or whatever. Some of the movies come in and be like, here's a ton of money. But sometimes, you know, it's not structurally. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, safe for yeah. having a bunch of people. But walk this is all supposed time, to be but... like the famous Emily Dickinson desk yeah. that she's writing at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the, at least the way the show makes it seems, like the mage trunk that has the 2000 poems that she's going to write, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's just like the trunk that's at the foot of her bed. Mm. At least that's okay. what the show makes it seem like at some point. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, she's writing her poems. And then she hears a knock on the door and it's her sister, Lavinia, aka Vinny. And she's like, um, you have to go fetch water. So it wasn't as much of the middle of the night as we thought it was i guess more like early early morning <laughs> yeah uh but emily's like very like like what do you mean it's 4 a.m <laughs> <laughs> but her mom has said like oh no she has to do it because lavinia did it yesterday and her brother austin doesn't have to like, do it yeah she's like why can't austin do it he's like because he's a boy and i was just like this is bullshit i am angry yeah, and then Emily literally said, this is bullshit. <laughs> and then the I was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think the historically accurate sexism bothers me less when characters in the show are allowed to acknowledge it, you know? When they're just like, this yeah. is nonsense, and they're be able to be sassy about it. That definitely helps smooth over the burning rage that builds up inside of me. Yeah. I, I, I feel like in the show, like... Almost every character at some point you might be frustrated with, like they mm. they'll say something, like they kind of like take turns saying having bad takes. Yeah, but because the show is from Emily's perspective and she's largely on the correct side of these moral arguments that mm-hmm. are going to happen, um, the person is made to look like okay, they had they just had a bad take or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. they're the bad guy in this argument. <laughs> so I yeah. I thought that would be enough that you wouldn't be bothered by it too much. <laughs> we'll see as it unfolds. <laughs> yeah. So Emily says, this is bullshit. And then they cut to the interest of the show. So my next notes are exactly, oh my God, these opening credits. What's yeah. happening? It's really fast. It's not really like a long opening credits. But uh, yeah, it's like weird. I don't even know how to describe this artwork. And the music is very like... Uh, modern and loud. Modern and loud, and yeah. It's like, the artwork's like... I don't know, kind of macabre drawings almost, and it's mm. it's got like a a little bit of a punk rock edge. Is the the vibe I get from this like uh, okay okay you know yeah. just with the loud music noise and the kind yeah. of I don't know, it's not what I was expecting at all. The artwork that goes with the intro, the intro music will be the same every time, unless maybe it's like a special episode. I forget. Um, but the artwork is going to change every time based on mm-hmm. like whatever the poem is for that episode or whatever the theme is or whatever. Yeah. But it's still going to be that style that you see Mm -hmm. in this first episode. But we cut back to the show and uh, Emily is getting the water from the well. Yes. Uh, But she's like still basically writing her poem in her head. And we get the, we get like the script on the screen again as she's thinking. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of sloshing this water around, like not trying too hard to not spill it. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like carrying it back to the house and then, we get like modern music again as <laughs> she's mm-hmm. walking it back to the house and i forget the tone the tone of the song but it, it the words are like hear me no one sees me no one or something like that <laughs> right yeah like to really emphasize her outsiderness you know like yeah. no one really gets her she doesn't belong here yeah and then she's gonna arrive in the kitchen 
where her mom and sister are cooking. <laughs> okay, her mom turns around and I had to pause it because I lost my absolute shit. Her mom is I told you actress... this, I thought. <laughs> no, I don't think you told me this. Oh, I... Her mom okay. is Jane Karawaski, I think her name is. She's aka Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock. And it just I just saw her face and couldn't stop laughing. Because, oh, that's like, your association she's... for her? Yes. Well, that and she's also um, she's in Jacqueline. Kimmy... Uh, Jacqueline and Unbreakable. Kimmy Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Unbreakable, Unbreakable Kimmy, Smith, Kimmy Smith. I want to say it's Jane Krakowski. That might be the way to say it. But, like, she's such a, like, really good comedic actress. And, like, the characters I'm familiar with that she played are, like, a special kind of dumb and hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And, like, she brings that energy here. To this without, show, yeah. Without, she's not as dumb, but, like, that, like, energy still comes through. And I'm like, I don't think, like, this is the moment where I'm like, I am not prepared for whatever this show is. <laughs> I, it is not anything yeah. I expected. What is happening? I was so happy that you wanted this show blind. I thought you might have, like, <laughs> had an idea of what it was, but you never watched it. But uh... No, it's just the only idea I had was there's just this, like, Eastful old timey girl in a field, which is the image that um, Apple <laughs> TV Plus gives to you, and I'm like, man, this looks kind of like I'm gonna hate it. Well, I'll just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had no idea what this show was really gonna be when I turned it on either. And then even I thought Jane Krakowski's character in the show was like super weird choice at first, but then eventually I was like, okay, like this character. Yeah. So this is um Emily's mom, mm -hmm. and. She definitely has to taking the role of like, oh, she's like the the best housewife in all of Massachusetts. Yeah, she's or pushing like that. the like gender roles more yeah. than some of the other characters in the show. But because because she's being played by Jane Krakowski, it's like so ridiculous how like mm -hmm. it's like somehow funny in a way the way she like pushes for like all these yeah. things that <laughs> are terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Yes, so. Like instantly, her her mom is like scolding her for being late and spilling half the water on the way back from the well. Yes, she and calls then, her a useless girl. Yeah, you're a useless girl. <laughs> she just says that right to her face. Yep. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but it was like it somehow was funny, <laughs> mm -hmm. even though and it was terrible. And then Emily's basically <laughs> just like, "Why do I have to do all these bullshit chores? Like we're rich, let's get a maid." Yeah, and. She's like, no, I would rather scrape the skin off my fingers than get a maid <laughs> because, like, that would dig at her pride as the best housewife. And it's just, and she, like, specifically says that she's raising her daughters to be perfect housewives, too. And I was just like, oh, God, no. Terrible. <laughs> but was, did you think it was funny, though, at this point? It was point? funny. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I okay. was not needing to turn the show off. Okay. But still, there's always going to be that undercurrent of me going, ugh. Yes, yeah. And she's also going to tell Emily that, uh, yeah, she, she, Emily has a man scheduled to come see her today. <laughs> well, it would not be an old-timey period piece if not filled with suitors coming to take the dog. Yeah, is this almost like a trope like thing? I oh, don't even know. Yeah. Okay, I don't actually watch a ton of these. But I'm not sure like what is like a meta joke and what isn't in some of this <laughs> some of this stuff. But Lavinia. Uh, her sister is like, oh, that's so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a guy is coming by. He did nothing. <laughs> because Mrs. Dickinson actually doesn't let Lavinia see men. <laughs> doesn't have men yes. come over to try to because she she's too good at housework, so she doesn't want her to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
She's Whereas so Emily, bullshit. Emily is useless, <laughs> so she's trying to get rid of her. Basically, so you think if like Emily really wanted to get out of getting married, which we find out she really does not want to get married, um, she she could try being better at housework, I guess, and then maybe. But then when's the she going to write her poems? That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. And we find out this is just, that like the last time her mom brought a man over to see Emily, Emily like dropped a dead mouse. <laughs> in their lap like she's a cat <laughs> like she's a cat good. yeah and then there's a line here that uh she says like oh i would rather be a cat than a woman did you hear that line yeah yeah I'm like I-, I can feel that yeah yeah <laughs> makes sense to me yeah so yeah emily does not want to get married lavinia's mm-hmm. in on the idea but <laughs> he's not being allowed <laughs> to get married it's very yeah nobody's getting what they want in this house right now pretty much yeah exactly that yeah Okay, then we get to the 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 suitor. Is that is that the right word? Yes, the suitor. Yes, the suitor. And I arrived. was like, oh, at least he's not an old dude. Good job. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because he's like a, a guy who's about Emily's age. Yeah, because I think they actually went to school together, or they're yeah, basically like the he... same age. They like hang out together as friends because yes, they this character's name is George, and he's like friends with Emily's brother. So they yeah, they're hang, in the they've literary hung out together club together. Yeah. So she like instantly goes from like hating the situation to acting like super casual about the whole situation. Like, oh, this isn't actually like a big deal. Like, she doesn't even take George seriously as like a man. It almost seems yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But she like comes in before she sees it's George. She comes in like like a ghost, like with her hair over <laughs> yeah, her yeah. face, like she's the girl from the ring or something, yeah. just trying to like ruin this whole event. And then she's like, oh, it's just him. Whatever. Yeah, not putting forth any effort whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, and then uh, Emily and George are actually going to go talk outside because Emily wants to yes. talk to George with her mother not there. <laughs> and he is like very into like, yeah, we should get married. Like he's not just there out of obligation or whatever. And she's just like, no, thank you. Yeah, he's serious about her, and she mm-hmm. he actually knows about her poems and enjoys them. Like he he seems yes. to know Emily like. In an unsuperficial way, right? Yeah. And he's, like, really supportive of what she wants to do. So, like, she she says she can't get married because, like, her purpose in life is to be a writer and a husband would stop that. And it's like, well, if she were to get married, like, he would not be a bad choice. But, I mean. But she still doesn't Emily's, want to. Yeah, Emily doesn't <laughs> want to. Um, and, I mean, spoiler, not spoiler, Pretty sure, historically wise, Emily's a, a lesbian. So, like, that's also another level. You actually of, knew like, that going into this. Yes. Okay. I guess you didn't know that's really that that sh- the show was going to highlight. Yeah, that, I was but... actually waiting for the show to pull that. Like, oh, she was very good friends with that woman she wrote about all the time. You know, instead. Oh, uh, okay. You know, like that always happens with historical shit. Was like, mm, such good roommates. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So there's many reasons she does not want to marry him, but. She doesn't yeah. say all of them right now. But he asks her, actually, if there's someone else. And she's just like, yes, death is her someone else. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, this is where the show gets a little weird. Yeah. They even have a little, like, cut to what I would describe as basically just Emily's imagination. Yeah. I would describe this. And it's basically mm-hmm. like her in a red dress getting into what we're supposed to think is, like, death's carriage. Yeah, it's got like ghost horse that oh, that are attached to yeah. this like dark black really fancy carriage. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like going on a date or like a casual ride with death in his carriage, basically. Mm-hmm. That's like a thing she does in her in her own head 
sometimes, yeah. which is a little, little weird of a thing to grasp, but <laughs> the show gets quirky sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, so are young women writers, you know, like, of course she'd make up something fantastical like this. That, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 this is where the show is definitely like indulging itself into. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. uh, like they're taking this poem that this episode is about and entwining it into her imagination and how she could have come up with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's no actual like proof <laughs> yeah, that she exactly. thought this way or whatever, but yeah. it's a good, uh, I think it's a good take on, on her the character in the show at least. Yeah. But there is actually something she does want from George, mm-hmm. which is he is the co-editor of the literary magazine at the college, I think. Yeah, I think it's a university um, paper. Yeah. And she wants him to publish her poem. And he's really pumped about it because, again, he's super supportive about it. But um, she doesn't want him to use her name because her dad would not approve. He's mm. not met her <laughs> dad yet. So at this point, I was like... Oh, her dad's going to be the problem, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but George is going to insist that she use her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does finally give in to him. He's finally just like, just do it. Let's do. Let's just put my name in there. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, she comes back inside, and she's just going to argue with her mom more, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, uh, you need to get married. Stop being ridiculous. Fight. Yeah. And then her father comes home in the middle of the fight, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. Emily doesn't have to get married if she doesn't want to. And I was surprised. I was like, yeah. wait, you have set him up to be the bad guy. What he seems happened? like a reasonable guy, right, sir? Yeah, yeah. Totally reasonable. And, like, he, he's even, like, um, her mom's trying to make her do chores now instead. And he's like, eh, she doesn't want to do chores. I'll make her do it. Just give her a break. It's fine. Let her go <laughs> yeah. right or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, again, not what I expected. Yeah. And the, li- the lines I wrote down here were Emily was like, I don't want to do twor- chores 24 hours a day. And then the mom is just like, what would you do instead? <laughs> and this isn't yes. like, this isn't like she's saying, oh, like, you're useless. What would you be doing? Instead? She like, the mom literally, literally doesn't know. She doesn't know what she would do if she didn't do chores all day. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is what you do. Like, <laughs> what else is there? there is of course. Uh, and Emily's just like, I don't know. Think. <laughs> that's, what, that's what her response is. Yeah. And then her mom says something to mr dickinson like she will be the ruin of this family or something like that oh so dramatic and then we get some modern rap music as a transition to the next scene i really like the music in the show oh yeah me too it's great yeah it would the show would be a lot less lighthearted if it had like old-timey music or whatever the normal music is for this genre the whole vibe would be wrong yeah because they even use um like the the dialogue in the show is a mix of like old timey language and like modern language, so like people will say mm-hmm. like "What's up to each other?" Yeah, yeah. And then, but then they'll also talk in like you know the the old timey stuff, <laughs> and I love that that part of the show as well. And then the next scene we get, we get to meet Austin, Emily's brother, and uh, they just like casually run into each other outside, and then <laughs> out of nowhere, Austin's yeah. just like, "Oh, I propose to Sue." <laughs> And um, Emily's, which is Emily's best friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Emily's best friend is Sue, and Austin just proposed to her. And also, they show a quick (laughs) transition, right, Sarah? Yes, yes. To Sue saying yes to the proposal and other things. Yeah. Basically, he's going down on her, and and that's the yes we get. Yeah. 
Now, we don't see him actually ask her to marry him before this, <laughs> but I guess it's supposed to be assumed that he said it during the, the I, guess. I don't know weird it was a weird thing. yeah yeah it's definitely weird yeah but uh emily is uh devastated by this news oh absolutely she's like you can't marry my best friend and he's like you can't give her a hard time it's a bad time for her her sister died it's just like so many things are happening all at once. yeah basically sue's entire family is dead from yes. typhus <laughs> yeah i love I love the exchange here because he's like, her sister Mary died. And Emily's like, but she was the healthy one. And he's like, I know, but she got typhus and died like all the others. Like and all it's the just others, like yeah. a silly way that they deliver this line. Yeah. It made me giggle. Maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. But basically Sue, like I, I literally think Sue has no family anymore at this point. Yeah. Yeah. She is alone. But like clearly Emily is having a big reaction to this. And yeah. um, it's, it's she's in love with sue like a hundred percent you think you thought that already oh yeah when you saw yeah, this definitely. scene okay mm -hmm. yes 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 i thought it was just like a best friend angle but i had no idea but... what i was getting into when i watched this so. okay that's fair <laughs> <laughs> you figured it out <laughs> hey my uh secret lesbian radar is always always looking for secret lesbians so i have to you'll have to when you watch <laughs> if you watch more of the show mm -hmm. you'll have to give me your opinion on what do you believe the sexual orientation of Emily is in the show, actually. In the show? In the show. Okay. As the show is represented. Because there's a there's some, you know, they create future love triangles in the show <laughs> that uh, okay. Okay. make things interesting. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, but it, it's unclear. So I'm curious mm -hmm. what you think. <laughs> I mean, I am also always open to bi characters. Yeah, I, that's bi. basically it's what great. it is. Like, I, I, it's hard to say if this show is saying emily's a lesbian or if she bisexual it's it's hard mm -hmm. it's hard um okay. but yeah they go back inside and uh emily's parents actually approve of austin and sue's marriage yes they are definitely on board until um he says that that he has a there's a position waiting for him at a firm in detroit and they're gonna move there at which point nope just nope his dad Father is not cool no. about yeah. that he's <laughs> just like nope you're gonna stay here you're gonna join my firm you're gonna move in next door done we've figured yeah. it out we'll buy the lot next door and build you a house that's how rich mm -hmm. they are <laughs> yep this guy does not want anyone to leave his household but then uh in the middle of this conversation a basket is gonna be hovering outside of the window <laughs> <laughs> yes and and Sue notices it, but everyone else is distracted with the arguing. But eventually, we get the letter out. Our Austin gets the letter out of the basket, and it is addressed to Sue. So, of course, he opens it immediately. <laughs> um, and there's a smaller envelope inside, which says, seriously, Austin, give it to Sue. Like, stop reading it or whatever. You know, something along the lines of she knew he was going to open it and yeah. give it to her. So he does give it to Sue, and it just says, meet me in the orchard. Yes. The next we're going to the orchard. Yes. And we're gonna Emily and Sue are gonna have a bit of an argument here. Yeah, Emily's Emily still is angry big about upset. The, yeah. Yeah. Angry about the proposal. Because when they were fourteen, they promised each other that they would never get married. They'd grow up and become great writers together. But Sue basically explains like, oh, like she Sue pretty much because of the time period needs to get married in order to survive. That's basically yeah. her logic, which is fair, I think. She says, I'll literally starve to death if I don't yeah. marry somebody right now. <laughs> yeah, her entire family's dead. Her family didn't even 
have much money to begin with and so she has nothing and she needs to get married and then there's a little bit of uh she kind of like snips back at emily a little bit and sue's like i don't have a perfect life like you do which emily resents that comment mm, immediately yeah. which we're gonna there's gonna be another comment later that we can talk more about but emily does kind of like ride the line of being spoiled and oppressed at the same time oh yeah yeah like she is privileged in that her family is rich and her dad is a bit lax with a lot of rules but like ultimately she is still a prisoner of, of the system and what is expected of women and what is allowed so she's she's got a foot on both sides of those lines yeah so to sue emily has a perfect life but to emily she's not being allowed to do what she wants to do mm -hmm. even though she can have any like you know objects she wants basically but right. yeah and then what happens in this scene sarah kissing happens it's great <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well emily wants sue to promise that she won't move to michigan and that she will always love her more than she loves austin and she says she doesn't really have a say in the first but she doesn't think there's going to be a problem with the second one and then they kiss and i was like yes good job show acknowledging it and then it starts to rain yes Instantly. in the rain is automatically more romantic i did i guess i didn't laugh but like it's almost like a comical way that <laughs> yes. it like instantly starts raining when they kiss mm -hmm. yeah very like uh in the after party in uh a yeah, retelling kind of. of his evening yeah and then the next scene we get sue's sister's funeral it is a big tonal change yes yes yeah and what do you there's like a weird moment in this where like emily is trying to mouth to sue like i love you but then mm -hmm. sue just like stares her down what did you think of this i think she was just like bitch i'm a little busy right now and also somebody might see you like oh that's what you took out okay yeah i didn't know what to think sue is a weird character to me in the show um not so much in these first two episodes but yeah i don't i don't find her particularly likable oh okay but um you'll have to let me know what you think if you want more I can imagine that her character is going to be a lot of oscillating between what she wants and what she thinks she needs to do. And it'll be frustrating to Emily and the viewer. Uh, yes, but yeah, it, it gets weirder than that, I think. But yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, then after the funeral, we're going to see Austin and George. They're going to be playing badminton. Like bros do. Yeah. In old timiness, but, I guess. <laughs> and as somebody that plays badminton, though, I must say that the, these two guys really suck at badminton. <laughs> They're using old timey gear, but like they're like making mistakes in the middle of their conversation. Like mm. they didn't even attempt to make them look good at what they were doing. <laughs> and then here's a character moment for Austin where George, they're talking about Emily, and George's like, she's a genius. And then Austin's like, I'm sick of people saying that about her. Oh, yeah. He gets so prissy about it. It's ridiculous. He's just like, yeah. yeah. So jealous. So there's some kind of beef between Austin. Yeah. Although, like, when they're together in scenes, they do seem to be getting along for the most part. Yeah. There's just, I don't know, there's some underlying tension there. Austin is a big example of a character that will seem extremely reasonable at times and extremely unreasonable <laughs> at times. <laughs> oh, he does say some bullshit here where, like, I think George asks him about Sue and, like, why her or whatever. And he's like, well, because she was the only girl that didn't want me. And I'm like, oh, that's terrible reason to... <laughs> Be with someone, okay. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'm not a big Austin fan. I don't know that I ever will be. Um, Maybe I'm not supposed to be. You're going to be up and down a lot of characters in the show. I think, Sarah. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. But Austin's going to take Sue. Or Emily and Sue are going to come over, and then Austin and Sue are going to leave. And then Emily and George are going to talk again. And uh, George tells Emily that her poem will be published in a week. Yay! Very exciting. In the system, yeah. Very exciting. Already went to print, yeah. But I think Emily immediately goes to, like, worry mode, actually, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because as, like, brave and carefree as she seems a lot of the time in terms of, like, doing what the rules say to like she is very very concerned about what her father's gonna say about this and george is uh again very supportive yes what do you think of george i like george if emily was into dudes he's an okay dude okay so far george so seems far. nice right <laughs> okay yeah, yeah has not given us any absolute dipshit opinions yet about women's <laughs> yet, places yeah, or yeah. whatever so yeah yeah he hasn't yeah um <laughs> i'll give him time to totally fuck this up and say some shit he shouldn't have but for now he seems okay if you if you ever finish this show i want to know who you still like <laughs> at the end of the show and then we're gonna get a super sick montage of all the women making dinner <laughs> yep yep that happens as they do <laughs> as they do because it's dinner time it's family dinner time and everybody mm-hmm. is sue at this dinner i Sue is at the dinner. Sue is at the dinner, too. So it's every, it's all the characters we've met so far, basically, Mm -hmm. are at the dinner table. Except for George. Oh, except for George, yeah. He's not part of the family. Yet. As much as Um, he wants to be, he's not. (laughs) And Emily's father has an announcement. He's decided he's going to run for Congress. Yes. And then they start talking about his platform a little bit, and here's where I start to go south on her dad. Uh, Yeah, here we go. Because somebody asks him if he's an abolitionist, and he's like, well, I think slavery's wrong, but it's not something worth going to war over. And I'm like, okay, so he's shitty. Got it. Thank yeah. you, show, for telling me what I need to think about this man. Yeah, that is a big, um, like, distinction between a lot of the characters in the show, like, whether or not they think war is necessary. Mm. This, is, this is a conversation that's going to come up more than once in the show. Yeah. But this prompts Emily to say... Oh, not quite. Austin has an announcement, too. Oh, fuck that announcement. Okay, yeah, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Well, just that Austin and Sue are going to stay in Amherst, and he's going to do the plan his father said that he should do. So. Oh, no, no, no. That actually is after what I said, I think. No, Emily's announcement is last. Oh, I'm not talking about her announcement. Oh, what did she say? Sorry. No, this is, I think this is a big line to talk about. During the conversation about slavery and going to war or not. Mm-hmm. Emily's at, chimes in and says, "Sometimes I feel like a slave." Oh, I forgot about this. Oof. And then, big oof. her mom replies, "As you are a spoiled girl from Amherst, far from a slave." What was your reaction to this interaction, sir? Big oof. Big oof. I mean, it is hard, especially like when you have the modern music and modern sensibilities going on for some rich white girl to say, "Oh, I'm basically a slave." It just automatically hits like, "Oh." shouldn't nope that's not the opinion to have but like it is true that in ye olde times like in some ways she she is like she doesn't get to choose what to do she's got to you know work in the house or whatever but still not as bad as slavery <laughs> like she gets to sleep in a comfy bed and like nobody's abusing her and she's not gonna get murdered and like nobody's stolen her family and kids away or what you know like oof just big oof yeah so, yeah yeah. What Emily says is super insensitive, but they're both, both Emily and her mom are like both right and wrong at the same time. Yeah. Where like Emily is like being forced to do 
things she doesn't want to do but in reality like she's not in danger of you know like dying or she's yeah. not she's nowhere near the terribleness of actual slavery that's going on mm -hmm. in the country yes but also her mom thinks she's spoiled because she gets everything she wants but her mom doesn't really understand that she's not being allowed to do what she wants yeah so they're both right and both wrong yeah and but and and the way she says it is just like such a like such a teenager thing to say like it feels very authentic yeah. to like a dissatisfied teenager what they would blurt out yeah yeah i thought that was an important line it gets them it it, it quickly illustrates in episode one like the mindset of these two characters i think mm -hmm. so yeah austin sue yes they have their announcement they're not gonna leave <laughs> they're gonna remain part of the show uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> and emily's super pumped yeah and then emily decides that since everybody's doing such big announcements and everybody's mm -hmm. so happy this should be a great time for her to do her announcement sarah yeah and so she she's like um so i have a poem that's gonna be published and there is just silence and tension in the room <laughs> oh god um her dad's like I don't think I heard you correctly. And um, she has to repeat it. And then he's like, you know that I do not approve of a woman building herself a literary reputation. <laughs> yep. I'm like, this is a very specific line. Scandalous behavior, Sarah. Yes, yes. <laughs> You'll ruin the good name of Dickinson. Yep. Yep. What a dick. And we even find out that uh, Emily's dad has written an essay. At the woman's place in yes. society. Mm -hmm. I think we get the actual title later. Of the, yeah, it's very yeah. sim It's something like that. Yeah. It's oof. But yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, this is where that the feeling starts bubbling up. Where I'm like, mm, am I gonna be able to make it through? <laughs> I think the rest of the show balances itself out where I can. But I don't know. He goes on a big long rant about like how. The Dickinsons have been in Amherst for like 200 years and the legacy is so important. But then his dad was like a, a drunk and, ha and a debtor and he had to clean up their reputation again. And he, he didn't do that just for her to ruin it again. It's like, but, but this is, oh, this is, I hate this. I just hate it so much. And I get it. This is how people felt at the time because people were terrible. But it's a bummer. Because women publishing words is the equivalent of being a drunk a drunk man mm -hmm. yep, <laughs> yep, yep yep we all yep, know yep. That. we all know that yeah of course um <laughs> <sighs> so yeah emily's devastated this is big sad feels mm -hmm. for both emily and the viewer i think right here yeah i think anybody definitely. can identify with this moment of like thinking like something good has really happened and you're really excited about it and then you like talk to somebody about it and it just goes the exact opposite yep. way that you were expecting <laughs> They just shit all over your dream. Yeah, you go from like a super high to a like the super low instantly. Mm -hmm. Devastating. But um, so for her punishment, she has to clean up the dining room and the kitchen by herself. But we see her like run off to her fantasy of death taking her away on a carriage ride. And um, we actually get to see death this time, and he's a super cool tattooed dude. This with is a cane. <laughs> is this somebody? This is Wiz Khalifa. I don't know who Which that is, but okay. Which is a music person. That makes sense. <laughs> Sarah. Okay. Uh, I also, I'm, I'm also not familiar with specifically what songs Wiz Khalifa has done, but um, mm -hmm. I'm sure I've heard him, heard, Ooh, heard his stuff before. 
maybe you even heard some of his stuff in the show. Maybe. But yeah, so they have a, a nice long talk. In Death's Carriage. Yes. What do you what do you think about this scene and this conversation, Sarah? I think it's great. I love that he says the thing that I was thinking the whole time, which is like, in 200 years, she's the only Dickinson anybody's going to give a shit about. So it really doesn't matter what her dad has to say. Yeah. And he does basically give her the pep talk of like, doesn't matter if you're published now or not. Like, you're going to be infamous later. You know, like, mm-hmm. after your death, you're going to be super famous. This is not all for nothing. Yeah. And then he also, like, foreshadows, like, the impending war in yes. the country. But it's a little weird, like... To think about, okay, what am what am I watching in this moment, right? Because it's like, it's Emily's thoughts in her head, I guess. Yeah, it's like her fantasy that she's retreating into while she's cleaning, basically. But at the same time, she's like, accurately predicting the future, like, with her own poems and the war. Well, at least with the war, like, she, like, everybody knows that there's something that, like, it might happen. So that's, that makes sense. And she, um, I guess she could be telling herself, like, oh, my poems are going to be yeah, big 200 years from now <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's a little or weird. It's, but... it's also just the show being. Yeah, like, it's a little bit just yeah. like a meta moment of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So you, do you like this artsy kind of oh, yeah. visualization of internal thoughts? Absolutely. Cool. I think it's it's fun. And like. I don't know. It makes sense to me in that, like, when I was a teenager and upset and had to, like, do some chores or whatever, there'd be, like, some story I had written in my head that I'd just pay attention to trying to get through the the boring chores or, like, that I could relate to. That makes sense to me. Oh, damn. You smart. Never did that? Okay. <laughs> um, not the way you describe it. I mean, I would think about okay. other stuff, but a specific, right. I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd be making up stories now. No? Okay. I'm not that creative, I guess. Okay. I didn't say they were good, just you know, something to keep my mind busy. Even to try, I never even thought of it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, Emily's forced to stay up late cleaning the house. Yes. But then Mother's like, oh, have to go to bed now because there's another man coming to see you tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. And uh, I forget what the job, did you write down what the job was of this guy? I think it was a pig farmer. And then Emily just like sarcastically was like, hmm, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> These are the moments I like in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before Emily is able to fall asleep, her father comes in. This scene is so weird. It is so weird. It is so weird. Basically, the scene is now, for some reason, her father is crying, and Emily has to comfort him. Basically, he says, like, he's just afraid of losing her, and he wants her to promise that she won't get married and move away, and, like... He just crawls into her bed and starts crying, and I'm like, I don't like this. This gives yeah. me bad vibes. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe don't yell at her for dumb reasons if you want mm-hmm. to stay. <laughs> yep. Like, if she's not gonna get married and move away, like, what is she supposed to do in your house all the time? Just like do the chores and serve you. That sucks. Like, first That's of all, like, work. it's super selfish to be like, don't ever leave me. I'm your parent. You must stay forever. Um, even though she does not want to get married. But then, like, to also be like, in addition to that, you cannot follow any of your passions. Like, it just sucks. Yeah. It's manipulative and gross. I don't, I, don't, I don't like her dad anymore at all. But this conversation actually ends on a good note for Emily, Sarah. That's true. She makes him promise that um, they'll get a maid. If, if she's going to not get married and live in this house forever, then they have to get a maid. And he's like, okay, fine. Yes. Very excited about the maid. <laughs> and then... I think even now, before even before she goes to bed, she gets up 
and she goes to her desk and she writes at least the first verse of mm -hmm. the poem because I could not stop for death. So Sarah, you want to read the first verse of the poem for completion's sake? Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. The carriage held but just ourselves and immortality. And then Emily says, nailed it. <laughs> that was great. I love then, it when she does that. And then, and then we get more modern pop, pop music, and that's the end of episode one. <laughs> ah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I had a How are you doing, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm in. She's sassy about the in. situation she's in. Like, you know, there is there is pushback against this historically accurate sexism. They leaned into the she likes ladies. Um, I'm ready to go. Like, I, right. I, I, you had told me that we needed to watch two episodes because you didn't think I'd like things until episode two. And at this point I wanted to message you like really honestly, when they started kissing, I wanted to message you and be like, why did you think I needed episode two? This is fine. Well, like, this is good. Episode two is going to get a little some spicier. Yes. If you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, and I, will. I really, I didn't actually remember if they kissed in episode one, Okay, fair <laughs> um, enough. Fair but enough. I knew episode two was when things got nice. <laughs> extra nice <laughs> yes yes they do so do, do we even need to do episode two are we done i mean we you still want to talk about it two. yeah i mean i like <laughs> okay i i wrote the notes already i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about episode two okay episode two i believe the title and the poem are the same i have never seen volcanoes mm -hmm. it seems innocent enough at the start of this episode <laughs> Uh, but the episode actually opens with a different poem. I don't know what that poem is, but I was actually, it, I, I had to like pause and like be like, because I I looked up the poem and I was like, this is not the this is not the words. I, mm -hmm. I it caught me off guard. Um, so I think there's only so many episodes in the show, and she wrote two thousand poems. So yeah, some episodes <laughs> so the, she's throwing gonna some have extra poems in lines from yeah. other poems. Yeah, so I did not write down what this opening poem was, but I'm sure it was great because. It turns out she's actually reciting the poem to Sue, and Sue is sleeping in the bed with Emily. This is so lovely. The sun is just <laughs> like coming up in the morning, and they're waking up together, and it's cute. Yeah. They're sleeping in the same bed because Sue and Austin aren't married yet, and yes. that would be blasphemous. Mm hmm <laughs> But what they don't know is, well, it hasn't happened yet, but it's fine. Uh <laughs> So yeah, they. I mean, Emily is still at this point. They're talking a bit, and she's pissed that she's getting married to Austin. But um, she even says that she wishes she could marry Sue. She wishes she could be Sue's husband. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and Sue says that Emily would be a terrible husband. Yes. She has no practical skills, and she's too small to fend off enemies. Yes, but you said <laughs> it in a joking way. Like, decent qualification. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> and Emily's gonna say, "But I bet I'd look good in a suit," and. Also, Emily says that she couldn't sleep next to Sue. Sue says why, and she describes it as, I don't know, there was this rumbling. What is she talking about there? Apparently Sue snores. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Or at least that's what Sue said. <laughs> um, but uh, Austin's going to come in and interrupt their conversation. He's very surprised at their ability to sleep, to share this, this small bed. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's not surprising at all. <laughs> Yeah, we can tell right away, like, Austin is very clueless to mm -hmm. the situation that is happening and that he is in the middle of. Yes. So Austin does not know right now. 
or ever maybe about anything i don't know that he's <laughs> super aware of the world and is smart but whatever it's a comedy drama sarah so i think he's gonna find <laughs> out um well that's true <laughs> uh austin asks emily like hey shouldn't you be helping mother in the kitchen and emily's like nope that's why we got a maid <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, we cut to the, the kitchen where Mrs. Mrs. Dickinson is like very upset about the new maid. The new, the new maid's name is Maggie. Yeah, she is Irish, and she's like apparently it's a tradition to burn the first loaf or whatever, and and just Mrs. Dickinson is just like, why would you do this? What is going on? We have to start over, and make new bread. Just... Wait, did she actually burn it on purpose? Yeah, yeah, she said it's oh. like a, a tradition or something. Oh, I thought she burned it, and then. That was Made her way of tradition. like playing it off. Yeah. Like she was oh, like, well, oh, maybe. yeah, you always burn the first loaf. <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> Maggie's very funny. Yeah. Maggie's great. And she and Emily have something in common because Maggie also writes poems, but mostly limericks, which is, I don't know, it's funny to me. And Maggie says, uh, I've only killed four husbands so far. <laughs> <laughs> in response to like, Miss Dickens has said something like kind of mean to her. <laughs> and then she's like i've only killed four husbands so i can't be all that bad <laughs> something like that i like maggie but mrs dickinson is still insisting that emily should be doing chores and emily oh, yeah. was like what well, i had no plans to be doing anything anymore now that we have a maid basically <laughs> and like mrs dickinson is like still trying to do everything and maggie's just like stop it it's my job yeah. like calm down go relax and she just cannot yeah mrs dickinson can't she can't do nothing <laughs> she just she can't uh and then we're gonna cut to uh austin and mr dickinson having a discussion about politics yes basically this is just like uh you know talking about pending war right sarah it wasn't like mm -hmm. that important yeah, yeah. basically yeah pretty much we're, we're establishing the time period it's right before the civil war and and mostly it is to get a newspaper in play because they're looking at a newspaper and eventually when emily comes in she picks it up and sees that there's a lecture from a geologist who has a lab on top of a volcano. Mount Vesuvius. Mount Vesuvius. The yes, volcano. She wants to go to see this lecture. Yeah. How does her dad feel about that, Jake? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, no. <laughs> and he's like, but Austin, you should totally go to the lecture. <laughs> and Austin's like, ugh, why would I Austin's do that? Austin's like, I don't mind in school anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is this like dynamic of like, he has things Emily wants, but she will. He will not appreciate it. Yeah. 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 It sucks. And yeah, this is like Emily's like. Well, the first excuse why she can't go is like, oh, because it's for students of the college. And she's like, well, why can't I go to college? And he's like, you read my essay about the proper place of women. He brings up his essay again, and I'm just like, oh. Yes. oh. <laughs> Professors are hired to teach students at col at the college, not girls from town. <laughs> That's that's the line. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, and then Austin says some other bullshit at some point about like how girls can't go to school because it would be too distracting for the boys. I'm like, well, then maybe the boys <laughs> should stay the fuck at home. Oh, this is yeah, this is where I got a little angry again, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, I think the show highlights in a very like, isn't this conversation ridiculous kind of way? <laughs> like, yes, yeah, yes, that does make it easier. <laughs> and then Emily complains about how her education at this point is basically she has to steal random bits of knowledge while no one is looking that is accurate mm -hmm. <laughs> and then there's some scene next i just wrote sarah what happens next in my notes so sarah oh, what, happens what happens next, next? oof is uh mr and mrs dickinson are kind of arguing 
because Mrs. Dickinson is really hurt that he got a maid because it must mean that she's not good at her job. And he's just like unwilling to tell her the reason he got one is because he promised a maid to Emily so yeah. she wouldn't get married. <laughs> Um, so he's like trying to talk around it the whole time and she's just like really like actually hurt about it like she thinks there's something wrong with her and that she's not doing a good enough job and like this is where she's placed all the value in her life so like she's legitimately feeling bad about this maid yeah mr and mrs dickinson have a weird dynamic with each other i would say yeah yeah um but it's probably true of a lot of husband and wives in this time period where oh yeah you're basically just like like marrying women is like a trade basically yep mm-hmm. it's not like she's a real person he doesn't have to worry about how she feels Ugh, gross and then we get a scene in town at the dress shop i guess this is yeah emily sue and lavinia are at a dress shop and lavinia wants something that makes her look fertile yeah <laughs> gross you know um, do you like lavinia Lavinia's okay but she is a product of her time and i wish she would be smarter Okay. And be more like Emily. I think you're going to like Lavinia. Okay. The more you watch. Okay. It's it's reestablishing that she's she actually really wants to do all the stuff that like Emily's being allowed to do, but she's not allowed to do it basically is yeah. the idea. No one in this house is happy. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe Mr. Dickinson is. Well, actually he's not. He's furious. <laughs> About all the I guess women that's true. Yeah, trying yeah. to ruin yeah, the name of right. Dickinson. <laughs> no one's happy. No one's no happy. One is actually... Austin is happy when no one's making him go to school, I guess, probably. But that's it. <laughs> well, he has something that's not going to make him happy eventually. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anything else from the dress shop? Uh, basically, just Emily lets drop to this dressmaker lady that um, Sue and Austin are going to get married. And so there's talk of oh, will she make the wedding dress? And and Sue has to emphasize that, like, I am poor. I could not afford you. you. So, like, yeah. just reiterating that she's real destitute. Yeah. The the dressmaker, the owner of the shop, is also the first, I think it's the first black person that's in the show. Other than Death, who, I don't know, oh, is death, a person, yeah. not a person. It's personification more like a, yeah. of a... Yeah, not a not a real person in the show, but yeah, um, yeah. there's also a what do they call it? a hands man or a stable man? What oh, do you call okay, it? yeah, yeah, stable boy, stable, stable boy, but it's a man person. Yeah, adult stable boy. Yeah. yeah, they say the name for it. I'm blanking on the name for it, but they also have a black man that works for the Dickinson household as well. Yeah, at first when it, this whole show had this modern take, I was like, well, maybe they'll do some colorblind casting. But then given that the Civil War is the backdrop of much of it, it doesn't really work, I guess. Yeah, the black characters become bigger characters in the show later on. Mm, okay. They, they they have good moments, I want to say. Okay, good, good, good. Oh, but back in the other scene, when um, Austin was saying stuff about, oh, women will be too distracting at school. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Emily, Emily uh, was able to get Sue out of her plans with Austin by saying they had plans together, which was to go through some widow that they know. They're going to go through like her husband's clothes together because she needed she couldn't help bear after to her do husband it. Yeah, died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go to that scene now. Yeah, and it's just Emily and Sue going through a bunch of man's clothes. And so, of course... They're still talking about the volcano expert because there's a painting or drawing of a volcano on the wall. 
Oh, really? In this, in like, the like there's there a little framed oh, okay. art piece of maybe oh, it's just okay. a mountain, but she gets all wistful and is like, "Oh, I want to go see the thing. This is bullshit." And uh, so, yeah, uh, Emily gets the idea that they could just dress up like men and go to the lecture, and it would be fine. Yeah. And this is great because it leads to a great montage of them just like dressing up and playing together. And like, there's that Lizzo song that's all the boys, the the itty bitty boys and the Mississippi boys and the I don't know all the yeah. words, but you know the song about all the boys. The song is called Boys. I'm actually not yeah, familiar with the one. song, but I saw the name of it in the <laughs> subtitles, which was a fun for the montage. It's a, a good song to montage to. There's also a line in this scene that uh, Emily says, uh, "Maybe they're scared if they teach us." how the world works will figure out how to take over <laughs> yeah that was good but they get dressed up fully dressed in all the appropriate time period men's clothing one of them has a fake mustache drawn yeah, on it's like a pencil mustache yeah. yeah it's not like they don't have markers right so it's yeah it is maybe not it's convincing. ink i don't know yeah it's not very good <laughs> they both look at each other and say we look ridiculous and then they oh, say, "Oh, but they say like you have to be pretty stupid to fall for this." And they're yeah. like, "But good thing that boys are stupid." Yeah. yeah, I wrote they have pencil mustaches. Both of them are wearing top hats, which I guess isn't that weird. But I feel like nobody else, when they get to the school, is wearing top hats. Like people are wearing top hats outside, but inside the lecture, everyone has taken their hats off yeah. because they're polite. <laughs> so that doesn't really help things. And then uh, Emily has chosen to have a cane as well, which I don't. I feel like she's going to be the only student at the school that has a cane. I don't know. I think it was a good choice. It's a fun prop and also a, a, a weapon if you need it to. But if you're not, if you're trying not to stand out, <laughs> I feel like not the choice. I guess. So yes, I agree. They look ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then they go, they're going to go to school. Exciting. Here we go. Yeah. And outside of the school, the boys are chasing each other around and kind of acting a little dumb. So nobody notices them, except for George, and, because yeah. he knows them. Until they run into somebody they know. <laughs> yeah. And George instantly recognizes Emily. Like, uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you write that? Emily, for five seconds, tries to act like, oh, it's not her. Oh, yeah. Uh, did did you write down fake the, names. Did you write did down the fake write names? names? Okay. No. Her fake name was... Uh, Lysander Periwinkle mm. or Lysander Periwinkle and then and then Sue's fake name was Sir Tybalt Butterfly <laughs> nailed it and she said it in such an unconvincing way too like she paused mm -hmm. and had to think <laughs> yeah but it's okay because George is cool yeah he can keep a secret and then this is like the the language moment that I like in the show where he's like saying goodbye to them and like good luck for the lecture or whatever and he's like mm -hmm. all right i'll see you later you weird beautiful boy as like a joke <laughs> to yeah. emily but then some other dude at the school like overhears what he said because <laughs> he said it kind of loud for some reason and mm -hmm. then george turns around and sees his face and he's like oh what's up you weird beautiful boy <laughs> smooth george. i just like that he said smooth. what's up that's the yeah yeah it was good <laughs> Yeah, there are all these weird moments of just, like, modern language that yeah, sometimes you, like, forget <laughs> because, you know, you get involved in the show, but then they just stick out sometimes, and it's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to attend the lecture. This lecture yes. is so sexual. <laughs> yeah. The, for no reason. The, what, the professor for this lecture is incredible. Oh, he's got his leg up on, like, a chair or something, and he's talking about all this pent-up pressure below the surface, and 
Like he's but, like his voice is just such a weird, creepy, pervy man tone the whole yeah. time. He's like, but he's like doing it intentionally. And this character, he looks like Albert Einstein, right? <laughs> they, I think they actually say his actual name. I don't know if the guy, like the name they give, is an actual like famous professor I, or yeah, scientist. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not actually sure, but uh, he to me he looked like Albert Einstein. <laughs> yeah. So this is a weird scene. <laughs> yeah, he, he just keeps going on and on about all the below the surface pressure yeah. and the people never saw it coming and it builds up and then he starts talking about the rumbling and the building <laughs> and then Emily grabs Sue's hand. They're on like they're on like the balcony, I guess, viewing yeah. of this lecture hall and they're like right on the the banister. She grabs Sue's hand, and then and some, some guy sees. Yeah, some guy sees. That's what's funny. He has like a weird like facial reaction. He's like, "Why are these men holding hands?" Yeah, and then the professor's like, he's, he's still talking about the rumbling in the building, and then he's like, "And out of nowhere, a sleeping mountain becomes a," and then Emily just shouts out, "A fiery beast!" She gets so overwhelmed. And she just like takes her hat off and shouts real loud, and everybody's suddenly like, oh, "Those are girls!" Yeah. And they're pointing and shouting at them, and they have to run away. But like, as a side note, like I think George is involved in this lecture, and there's like a there is a a baking soda volcano. <laughs> like I guess at some point that was new and cool, but it just stuck. it wasn't actually like, baking soda weird. though. It was well, but it's like the equivalent of that. Like they made oh. a clay volcano. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Where you like mix some chemicals in the top and it's gonna explode or whatever. And I was just like, I guess this is so silly. Yeah. But that intermixed with the deeply sexual tone of everything. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Emily's gonna have big feelings because of oh, the yeah. way I don't <laughs> Do you think the professor really gave the lecture like this, or this is just Emily's perspective of how the, the professor oh, was giving that's the lecture? An excellent question. <laughs> um we'll never know <laughs> we'll never know i i'm ah probably emily but i'd like to think both because like sure why not that was a really yeah convincing performance from this guy <laughs> yeah so the, the the guy that originally saw them holding hands is like hey those are girls and then i love that <laughs> this one guy down in the lower levels he turns around and he's just like, girls, get them out of here. <laughs> like, the way he said it to me was so funny. <laughs> and then the creepy professor. And then the creepy just professor like, is just like, watch. ooh, let them see it. <laughs> <sighs> so they actually didn't stick around for the, uh, the volcano explosion. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's because Emily had her own explosion. She could not control herself. But all they do is like run out into the hallway, and then they have a good laugh, and they had a, yes. they had a very fun time together. Emily's on another high right now, mm-hmm. feeling good about herself. So you know what's happening next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emily's she gonna come home. home. <laughs> and apparently, someone had told her dad that she was at the lecture, so she gets yelled at a lot. Yes. And given the um, essay he wrote about the proper place of women to read again. And he threatens to fire the maid. Yes. The essay is literally just called On the Proper Place of Women. Gross. Yeah, I just wrote, at this point in my notes, I just wrote classic Mr. Dickens and stuff. And <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't, yeah. or you get the idea of this character right now. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be, you know, 
the worst all the time, but he's probably the most consistently yeah bad take person in the show. <laughs> so yeah, he's going to go back to her room. Yeah, instead of reading this essay, she's about to use it to write some poetry instead. Yeah, she crumbles it up and then like, and then she decides, you know what, I'm going to use this to write a poem on. And she starts yeah, writing a cycling. poem. Uh, but then her mother comes and interrupts her. Oh, she's ready for a fight. The mother is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She's just like, basically, my big quote from her from this is, in this house, what matters is what your father wants. Yeah. Again, I say And you, she, she needs to apologize, basically. Because yeah. he's the provider, and he bought that desk and that paper you're wearing. Oh, God. Yeah. This is a tough spot, because it's like, I, I'm just like imagining, you know, if you were Emily, and you had to live in this time period. Because what what's going to happen is she's actually going to kind of agree with her mother or take her mother's words to heart after this. Yes. And she's going to go, like, ask Maggie to teach her how to make bread. And then she's going to, like, make bread for her father. Yeah, it's like a peace offering. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know if she takes these words to heart in a, like, well, if I keep him happy enough, I can do what I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if it's really like, like, cause she's not coming around to the general household mindset at all. I think she's just like trying to make it so she, you know, gets him off her case. Yeah. And honestly, like with how difficult it would be Oh yeah. in this time period, like this is probably what this I would do too. This is the move that right? makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I probably wouldn't even have the guts to like complain as much as Emily is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. is it, So it, the show, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Like her kind of caving to her parents here i mean she's doing what she has to do to get by yeah. right like she's not giving in to the idea of getting married and all this shit she's not saying oh this is my place she's saying this is what i have to do to like survive in a way that works yeah i wrote she basically she needs her father to survive similar like sue needs a husband to survive where right. it's like both emily and sue are like doing what they have to do to survive even though like mm -hmm. they really just want to be together with each other yeah yeah definitely so yeah that sucks but mm -hmm. the, sh the, the show uh gets real sometimes <laughs> mm -hmm. even though it's very funny at times i laugh yeah. I, I legitimately laugh out loud to the show like probably once an episode oh yeah yeah definitely it's it's that kind of funny to me not just like consistently entertaining kind of funny like uh it just has a moment that comes out of nowhere. You're just <laughs> laugh out loud. Yeah. Like the really sexual volcano lecture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Laughing out loud. Yeah. I forget what made me laugh out loud. I I think it was <laughs> I think it was when the when the professor said, let them let them see it or something <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the part that makes me think that maybe it wasn't all in Emily's. Head. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think she was in the room at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let them see it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she makes the peace offering to her father. And then we'll go to Emily and Sue lying in bed together. This time at night. At night, yeah. Do you want to describe what happens in this scene? Sarah? Oh yeah, yeah I okay. do. Well first Sue says she's going to miss sleeping in the same bed with her. But Emily cannot stop thinking about Pompeii. And then... The tension rises. Yeah. Pompeii, a city frozen in time. And she says sometimes she feels like she is frozen and trapped. That's yeah. why she's thinking about Pompeii. Pompeii is the, or like one of the settlements slash cities that got destroyed by Mount Vesuvius, right, Sarah? 
Yeah, it got it's the one that's like all everybody's like got buried instantaneously. So there's like a really interesting archaeological site. Gotcha. Okay. When they dug it all up. Sorry. Um, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I don't have detailed great notes on this okay. because I just wrote they're gonna bone. Um, oh, okay. You really just jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're we're back to talking about volcanoes and that building tension. And um, Sue reaches into Emily's pants is is basically what happens. Okay. And, and they have a good time. Is this considered boning? I mean, sure, whatever. Okay. <laughs> they have a kind of sex. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. She's talking about the volcanoes. I'll, I'll give you the, the slow build to this. <laughs> <laughs> Emily was talking about the volcanoes. And then Sue's like, I think I know what a volcano feels like. <laughs> and Emily's like, show me. <laughs> and she does. And then what Sarah said. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think the poem of the episode is recited while Emily is getting pleasured, right? <laughs> yes. Do you want to read the two sure. verses? Send the, me you this do? volcano okay, poem okay. and I will read it. <laughs> I will read it. All right. Here's Sarah with the first two vo- <laughs> verses of I have never seen volcanoes. I have never seen volcanoes. But when travelers tell how those old Phlegmatic mountains, usually so still, bear within appalling ordinance, fire and smoke and gun, taking villages for breakfast and appalling men. Yep. I want I want my hobbies to just be appalling men. Like that <laughs> sounds great. And then there's a montage during this of Sue thinking of or of, of Emily thinking about Sue in volcanoes and Sue in volcanoes and Sue in volcanoes. You know, all that pressure building up before it explodes. And appalls the men. And then, uh, yeah, it goes from there, right, sir? Yup. And then the episode ends, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to end episode. an episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Where are you now, Sarah? I enjoy More or this less show so before. much. Okay, I'm, yes. Yes, yes, I'm it. so in on this show. I good job. It. I'm going to watch all of it. Yeah, I blasted through this show pretty good. I'm going to like download all the episodes and watch it on the plane. It's gonna be there good. you go. That's why, I, that's why I wanted to actually get this one in before you left. <laughs> I was thinking you would watch it on, the, on your trip. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. But I can't. Can I watch the old-timey ladies finger each other on a plane next to some okay, strangers? The, I don't know. Like we've discussed in shows <laughs> in the past, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Early episodes, you do the, you know, okay, the more okay. risque stuff get people in and then you tone it back a little bit less fingering okay so plane safe so if i get any stink <laughs> eyes on this plane it's your fault you got it also if you're gonna have headphones in i think you're gonna be all right i'm mostly just worried about the person right next to me uh, okay okay <laughs> can i tell you what episode three is about yes yes <laughs> okay. you can episode three i i think this episode was the one that was like i was like okay this show's gonna get fun or at least be <laughs> like fun at times Mm-hmm. Basically, Emily's parents have to leave the house because of you know he's running for Congress or something, so they have to like go mm-hmm. on a journey. Okay. So Emily and her sister and brother decide to throw a party at the Ooh. house, and then you get to meet all of Emily and Lavinia and Austin's friends from town, who okay. are very funny and like kind of have like the meta moments of the show nice. and stuff. Is- I think you're gonna like their friends. Is it a ye old timey rager? Yeah, but <laughs> with like modern music. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it's fun. I'm cool. curious to like to hear you your thoughts on like every aspect of the show as whenever you get to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna watch the shit out of this show. 
Okay. I'm I'm in. I did it. Yeah. That's my goal. Good job. My, usually <laughs> my goal is to actually get a new show for you to watch. Yeah, that's not always my goal. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Even with Food Wars, I thought there yeah, was I a don't. I knew I knew I that I knew you... it was low chance, but I still thought there was a chance that you'd be like, "This is so ridiculous that I have to watch um, all of it." All, at least, like you know, I enjoyed it and I would watch more. Okay, well, um, you tried, <laughs> but this time you nailed it. This was great. Okay, I thought that I thought this was gonna be good, but I was concerned about the the cringe moments of. <laughs> historically accurate sexism <laughs> yeah exactly yeah all right feels good a win today yeah good job did you have enough time to pick out a show for the next time no but i had worked ahead previously which is to say i was waffling back and forth on what i was going to pick for a previous week and i have one waiting so we're gonna watch abbott elementary have you heard of the show is it apple tv plus no no it is well, I'm watching it on Hulu, so it's I think I on have something. Seen ads for this? Yeah, the second season just started, so we're gonna watch. I think the first two episodes of the first season. It's basically like if The Office or Parks and Rec were about an inner city school in Philadelphia. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've seen ads for this comedy. Yeah. Sitcom. It is funny. It is not a slow build. It takes place in Philly. There's there's so many reasons you might like part of it. <laughs> Hulu calls it. <laughs> Hulu calls it adding to my stuff. <laughs> I like that. I don't watch a lot of stuff on Hulu. Add to my stuff is like when you add it to your list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas on Apple TV Plus, the hell is it called on that? It's like, put in my watch next. Watch next? Or, put in yeah. my next or something really weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. It's, it's your, your nemesis. Nemesis. <laughs> but yeah, you get a break this week from your nemesis. Go back to Hulu. I will never be recommending an Apple TV Plus show ever again. Are you sure? For this podcast. Are you sure? Who knows what I've unsubscribed unless I'm going to watch something in the next like week and fall in love <laughs> with it, which I don't think I will. You don't think there's a chance they could put something out and you see the trailer and you're just like, fuck, I gotta watch that. Uh, I don't think so. It would have to be something like really big that everybody's talking about, like Ted Lasso was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I if the next season of Ted Lasso comes out, I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah. That show's so good. And I guess... I, I guess I'll be, you'll have to let me know if the after party season two is worth it, but I'll probably wait until it's like fully released. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be back on Apple TV plus, but <laughs> it won't be by my choice. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, okay. Abbott Elementary. Yeah. I am looking forward to it. Cool. Is that it? I think that's it. We good? Yeah. Okay. All right, Sarah. Where can people contact us? People can email us at keepwatchingpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at keepwatchingpod, Instagram at us at keepwatchingpod, or leave a comment on our videos on YouTube at keepwatchingpod. Uh, and also, if you're enjoying this, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, because maybe it'll make other people listen to us too, and that'd be fun. Yes, that'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.